This is AgriPulse Drive Time, brought to you by the American Farm Bureau Federation, the voice of agriculture. Learn more at fb.org. Good afternoon. I'm Jeff Daly in for Spencer Chase. U.S. Department of Agriculture's planted acreage report this week showed a significant drop in expected soybean acreage for the 22 crop year. Despite the 88 million acre forecast, prices fell Thursday after the report and then fell hard again this afternoon. Arlen Suderman of StoneX says the financial sector took the lead over commodities. We were in a bigger picture situation where on Wall Street the big fear was inflation and the medicine needed to fix inflation that would be handed out by the Federal Reserve and how much damage that might do and just fears that we're going into a global recession that was going to hurt stock values. It was going to hurt demand for commodities. The world was coming to an end. It was bearish, and so that was weighing on stocks. It was weighing on the commodity sector. Corn and soy crop condition continue to fall with hot and dry weather in key producing states. Suderman says weather is the fundamental that can break the algorithmic trade momentum. Well, the Supreme Court's decision this week that clipped the authority of the EPA over coal emissions could have implications beyond power generation. Jeff Cooper with the Renewable Fuels Association says this is a big deal. It really puts the ball back in Congress's court on climate policy and, and greenhouse gas mitigation, and it takes the ball away from the executive branch. It really it puts limits on what EPA can do on its own. And the court basically said, look, regulatory agencies like EPA cannot take actions that have significant uh, economic or social uh, consequences unless there is clear, unless there is specific statutory language from Congress that, that delegates authority to the agency and authorizes them to do so. And so the Supreme Court said, hey, Congress did not delegate authority. Cooper says the decision may impact the EPA's oversight of the renewable fuel standard. There's been some talk that they might try to you know, morph the RFS program into a low-carbon fuel standard type program. There's been talk that they might try to use the RFS to, to really push electric vehicles. Uh, yesterday's decision would seem to signal that uh, they, they, they probably need to think twice before uh, really, you know, getting too creative or clever with their authority. The Supreme Court decision confirms the regulatory agency can't enforce authority beyond congressional approval. Well, a recent trip to the United Kingdom may have yielded positive results for U.S. agriculture. Haley Bickelhopt has more. A Department of Agriculture official says a recent agribusiness trade mission to London was very successful for American agriculture. USDA Deputy Secretary Jewel Bernard says the trip's primary goal was to ensure U.S. food continues to be available throughout the U.K. Going into that conversation, we realized that there were some potential points of discussion around um, tariffs, trying to reduce tariffs, non-tariff barriers, and uh, just thinking about some of the old practices of, of the European Union that still influence the U.K., we knew going in that we were going to have to encourage the use of science-based and data-driven decision-making in terms of their uh, food and ag policy. So we raised those issues. Bernal also says the department was encouraged to see the U.K. sign the Sustainable Productivity Growth Coalition, which goal is to help transition to a sustainable food system that considers economic and social trade-offs. 
During the department's time in the UK, Bernoth says there was over 40 buyers that attended 235 business meetings. Secretary of State for Environment, Food and Rural Affairs, George Eustace, was the UK's representative who signed the coalition. And he announced that he signed on at Parliament. So that was incredibly exciting to have a member of that really important conversation. To hear more from Bernal about her trip overseas and the USDA's Equity Commission recommendations coming out in late 2022, listen to this week's episode of AgriPulse Newsmakers. Reporting in Washington, I'm Haley Bigelhopt. Thanks, Haley. You can hear more from the Deputy Secretary on this week's Newsmaker program now at www.agripulse.com. We'll have more AgriPulse Drive Time after this. Today's AgriPulse Drive Time is brought to you by the American Farm Bureau Federation. The Securities and Exchange Commission's proposed climate rule will hurt farmers and ranchers. The agency should not regulate rural America like it regulates Wall Street. Learn more at fb.org. Welcome back to Drive Time. The American Seed Trade Association completed their first annual leadership conference this week in Indianapolis. President and CEO Andy Levine says they're looking for Washington's help in the new farm bill for identifying innovation. So we're huge advocates for that research title of the farm bill. It provides uh, resources for our land-grant institutions, other research institutions in agriculture, as well as the uh, um Ag Research Service and NIFA and the other entities within USDA that are research-based and that work with both the public and the private sectors to improve that. So increased funding there, targeted toward our national germplasm system. That's our library of genetics in this country. A lot of people don't realize that we have a pretty sophisticated system here. How do we make sure we've got the funding for that? Levine is the featured guest on next week's edition of Open Mic. It posts Sunday at agripulse.com. Well, that's all for today's Drive Time. For more agriculture, trade, environment, and regulatory news, visit AgriPulse.com. Reporting in Washington for Spencer Chase, I'm Jack Nally.